Isaiah chapter 60, we're going to be looking at the first three verses uh, by way of introduction, and we're going to work our way verse by verse through the chapter this evening. Verse number 1, the Bible says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and His glory shall be seen upon thee. And the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Let's look at verse 19 and 20. Can we do that? The sun shall be no more thy light by day, neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee, but the Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light, and thy God thy glory. The sun shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon withdraw thyself, for the Lord shall be thine everlasting light, and the days of thy morning shall be ended. The title of the Bible study is this, No More Night. There is coming a day where there will be no more night. The sun will be done away with. There won't be a morning and an evening. There will just be the daytime. And uh, this will be a time where Israel sits at the center of the focus of our Lord once again. This is an Israeli passage, Isaiah 60, and so we're going to look at it tonight and understand it in that context. We'll make some applications as they apply to us along the way. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the Bible. Thank you that every verse and every word is given for our exhortation and our betterment. We know that uh, there is no part of God's Word that returns void. And so, God, tonight help our hearts to be attentive to what you have for us. And, Lord God, uh, help us to leave here with a better understanding of Scripture. And then, Lord, a desire to go forth and practice it. Lord God, guide us and be with us this evening. Give us a mind that is, is attentive, but, Lord, hearts that obey. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, way back in Genesis chapter number 12, all right, and really uh, time, the historical timeline can be divided up so far into thirds. The first 2,000 years or so, God worked through the nations, and then uh, the second 2,000 years, God worked through the Jews, the Israelites, there uh, uh, with the start of Abraham, and then at the ascension of Christ, the Lord has worked the last 2,000 years through, uh, primarily through the church. And here in Genesis 12, or rather in Genesis 12, we find where God begins working through the Israeli people when He calls Abraham to leave Ur of the Chaldees, you know the story, and to go and uh, He'll show him a land and He's going to bless him and give him and Sarah a son. And through them, they would be made a great nation. And what was the promise in Genesis 12? That all the nations of the earth would be blessed, every one of them. How did that come to pass? Well, God gave Abraham and Sarah a baby in their old age. They named him Isaac. Isaac means laughter. And uh, they laughed because uh, they were just so happy to get this baby in their old age. And then Isaac would marry uh, uh, Rebecca, I believe it is, and they would have a son named Jacob, and uh, Jacob uh, would wrestle with the Lord on his way to see his twin brother Esau in fear. He would have a wrestling match all night with the Lord, and uh, the Lord would change Jacob's name to Israel. And here we have the nation of Israel all these years later. And so where is it that God led Abraham to? 
the same region where he is today. Now, um, some years later, Jacob's son Judah, uh, Jacob in his old age prophesied to Judah and told him that through his loins the Messiah would be born. And so uh, we have this promise given to Abraham that's vague, that all nations of the earth would be blessed. And then the promise made to Judah uh, that a the Messiah would be born and that uh, that would come through Judah's lineage. And then Judah's descendant, David, would be born and David would become king. And you may remember in 2 Samuel chapter 7 that uh, he is trying to build God a house. And Nathan the prophet comes in and says, the Lord visited me last night and it isn't you that's going to build him a house. He is going to build your house. You remember this? He's going to build your house and uh, you, your throne, David, will be established forever. In fact, the Christ child will be born through your lineage and one day the Lord Jesus will rule and reign from your throne. In fact, if you were to take the time and look at the very last chapter of the Bible, Revelation 22, you see King Jesus sitting on David's throne where he will rule and reign forever. So we, I say all that to say this. The Lord began with uh, the nation of Israel way back with Abraham and uh, uh, Israel would rebel and God would, now God is working through the church. But make no mistake about it. The Lord is going to come full circle back to Israel and Israel will be back at the center of how God works one day. There are those that believe that the Israel, uh, the, the, pro, pro, the prophecies of Israel apply now to the church and that the church is Israel. I Listen, I don't know how you read the major and minor prophets and seriously hold to that belief. You cannot read these prophets, uh, these prophecies written through Israeli people to Israeli people during their time and come to any other conclusion, conclusion in my humble opinion than that this is written to the literal nation of Israel. Uh, they are going to be grafted back in and God will work primarily through them again one day. So when we get to Isaiah 60, we need to understand two things in order to understand the Bible. We always need, listen now, we always need proper context. If you take a verse out of context, you can get some very strange doctrine. So when we get context, we're looking for context in two ways. Every passage of Scripture, we're looking for two uh, types of context. We're looking for context within the passage. Do not lift a verse out of a chapter and take it out of context and run with that. Uh, all kinds of false religions have been started that way. Cults have been started that way. And people are led into hell that way. You need to make sure you keep a verse within context of its passage. And you've heard me say this. Uh, uh, text without context becomes pretext. So keep the text in context. All right. Uh, the second way we keep it in context is through historical context. We must understand the historical context. When I say historical context, I'm talking about two things. When it was written and for what time it was written for. So when was this written? This was written by Isaiah uh, prior to the captivity of Israel into Babylon, uh, Judah into Babylon, and it was written for the millennial reign. As I'll show you tonight, 
through a variety of other passages of Scripture, this is a prophecy yet to be fulfilled. Isaiah 60 will one day be fulfilled uh, when the night becomes the day and the tribulation is over and the millennial reign has begun. And as we look through the passage tonight, I think that will become more and more obvious to each of us, especially as we look at other passages of Scripture that will concur that. Let's jump in tonight to the outline. You see there on the back of your bulletin is a fill-in-the-blank outline. Uh, as we do, let's build that out and uh, let's move forward. Number one, notice Israel's enlightenment. Israel's enlightenment. And I see this in uh, two, uh, two ways. The, uh, the chapter opens by talking about light and then the chapter ends by talking about light. And so let's look at both of these. The beginning of the chapter will be letter A. The end of the chapter we'll look at it to be letter B. Letter A, first notice the source of their light. Now this is fantastic. Look with me at chapter 60 verse 1. Notice here, and everywhere in my Bible in this chapter I see the word light. I have circled it. So uh, circle, underline, mark if you so do in your Bible and uh, look at here. The Bible says, Arise, speaking to the nation of Israel, shine, for thy light is come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. What is the source of this light that will shine upon Israel and will cause them to glow, will cause them to radiate? What is this light? It is the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord will shine. You may remember when the Lord put His hand over the cleft of the rock where He was hiding Moses there on Sinai, and He passed by, and when He removed His hand, uh, what happened there? Moses saw the hinder parts of the glory of God and his face radiated. It shined. One day the Lord, His glory will shine upon Israel and they will radiate. What is the source of the light? The better question is who is the source of the light? And it is the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee and His glory shall be seen upon Upon thee, and the Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. So well, there will be a time on earth where it will be extremely dark. It will be the earth will be covered in darkness, and all of a sudden over the horizon will come this light that shines over the people of Israel and shines onto the people of Israel and that light will be the glory of God. For all have sinned and come short of what? The glory of God. Who is the glory of God? Jesus Christ is the glory of God. He is the standard by which we all fall short in our sin. One day the glory of God will shine upon Israel and they will radiate with this brightness, that sun coming over the horizon of a dark world, Israel will shine bright and the kings of the earth will come and worship. The source of the light. The source of the light. Go back with me to the very beginning of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 1. We're going to do a little study here and look at the source of their light. Uh, the source of the light of Israel. Look with me at Genesis 1 and uh, put a marker there because we're going to come back to Genesis 1 a little bit later when we get to Point one, letter B. Genesis 1, look with me at verse number 1. And I tell people that Genesis 1, 26, uh, the Bible says, uh, And let us make man in our own image. And God, singular, said, Let us, plural, make man in our, plural, own image. God is one, but yet He is 
three beings in one person. Three beings in one person. And the Trinity is having a conversation about how man is to be made and, and uh, let us make man. The Trinity can be seen, subtly seen in the first three verses of the Bible. Look at me at Genesis 1. Look at verse 1. In the beginning, God, Elohim, God the Father, created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, that's the Holy Spirit, moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Now, John 1, hold your place in Genesis 1 and turn over to John 1. John 1 is written on purpose to parallel uh, Genesis 1. It shows that the, the, the light in Genesis 1 was the Lord Jesus Christ who made all things. All things, as we'll read in a moment, were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Look at John 1 and look at verse number 1. The Bible says, In the beginning uh, was the Word, that's a proper pronoun, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Jesus is God, yet distinct from God. Uh, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. Look here. And the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And so when the Lord said, or Elohim said, let there be light, Jesus Christ came onto the scene in the form of the Word, and the Word made all things. It was the Word that made all things. And then yet again, Jesus is born uh, to us uh, some 2,000 years ago there in Bethlehem, and the world again filled with darkness, and the light was born on this earth. Turn over to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, verse 12. In fact, there are uh, three occasions uh, directly in Scripture where Jesus comes and He is that light that shines in the darkness. Genesis 1, He is the light that shines in the darkness. John 1, He is the light that shines in the darkness. In fact, in John 1, verse 14, the Bible says, "...and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us." And then in Revelation, uh, also Isaiah 60, Revelation, He is the light that shines at the end of the tribulation to bring in uh, the uh, millennial reign. Look at John 8, verse 12. Here Jesus is walking the earth. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth Me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of light. Other times, in fact, I think it's John 10 or John 11, He says, uh, while I am with you, I am the light. And so Jesus walked this earth. He was light present here. Yet He will come again and He will be the source of that light that shines upon Israel and the Gentiles will come and worship the source of their light. Letter B, we see the steadfastness of their light. The steadfastness of their light. Go back with me to Isaiah chapter 60. And look at verse 19. And so we find the word light in verse 1, verse 3, and then in verse 19 and verse 20. And uh, look at 19. The sun shall be no more. Thy light by day, neither for brightness shall the moon give light unto thee, but the Lord shall be unto thee an everlasting light, and thy glory, and thy God thy glory. Thy sun shall be no more, or rather thou sh thy sun shall no more go down. 
neither shall thy moon withdraw itself. For the Lord shall be thine... Read those next two words with me. Ready? Everlasting light. And the days of thy morning shall be ended. So there will be no more morning. There will be no more night. Wow. Now, notice here that there was night and the night is replaced with permanent light. Permanent day. The sun and moon are done away with and instead God and His glory is the light. Let me show you something interesting here. Go back with me to Genesis 1 and look with me at verse 5. Genesis 1 and look with me at verse 5. Everything in the Bible uh, has uh, a neat application to it. Look at Genesis 1 verse 5. And, and, and this seems simple enough when we're reading Genesis 1, but then when you begin to see how these things play out in the, uh, uh, in, in the New Testament, you begin to understand this. Listen to this where we read verse 5. The Old Testament contains the slides. The New Testament is the slide projector. You all remember the missionary displays where they would click the button and the light would shine through that little slide and you'd see it up on the screen. Those little slides are the Old Testament. You ever have the old film and you'd hold it up to the light and you could kind of see through what the picture was and whether or not you wanted to get those developed? The Old Testament are like those slides. When we get to the New Testament and you shine Jesus through the New Testament, all of a sudden these Old Testament verses uh, take on a whole new meaning. Look at Genesis 1, look at verse 5. All right, look here. The Bible says, speaking of creation, it says, And God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. Read the rest of the verse with me. Ready? And the evening and the morning were the first day. So notice that the day is not marked with morning and then evening. It's marked by evening and then morning. Look down at verse 8. And God called the firmament heaven. Read the rest of the verse with me. And evening and the morning were the second day. So you go through the six days of creation, the seven days of creation, and the evening and the morning were the first day. Evening and the morning, second day. Evening and the morning, third day. Uh, the Jewish calendar, uh, or rather the Jewish uh, day, the Jewish uh, 24-hour period begins at sundown and goes until sundown the next day. It's evening and then day. Here in our world, uh, we think of a day beginning at sunrise and ending at sunset. For them, it was the opposite. It began with evening and then morning. Now, why would that be? Now, this is going to bring Isaiah 60 to life in a very awesome way. Go with me to Revelation 22. So we looked at the first chapter of the Bible. Now, let's look at the last chapter of the Bible. Right? Revelation 22. While you're turning there, let me just say this. The evening and the morning. As you read through the prophets, you continue to come across this phrase, the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. Anytime you read that prophecy, the day of the Lord, that is a window of time that lasts a thousand and seven years long. It begins at the beginning of the tribulation and it ends at the end of the millennial reign. Seven years of the tribulation, a thousand years of the millennia, millennial reign. So, notice that the evening is that darkness of the tribulation. And at the end of the tribulation, the Lord comes and that begins the sun coming over that horizon and shining bright and radiating Israel. So, the evening being the tribulation will be done away with the day, the morning being that bright light. Look at Revelation 22. Revelation 22. 
and look at verse number 1. The Bible says there, And He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb, in the midst of the street on it and on either side of the river, there, uh, there uh, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manners of fruit and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree uh, were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it. And His servants shall serve Him, and they shall see His face, and His name shall be on their foreheads. And there shall be no night there. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light. And they shall reign forever and ever. This is the fulfillment of Isaiah 60, right here in Revelation 22. That millennial reign will bleed right into the eternal kingdom, where there will be no more sun, no more moon, the Lord God will be that light that will be steadfast. Back in Isaiah 60, verse number 20, it's called the everlasting light that will last forevermore. There will be no more evening and morning. You see, it will just be a permanent day where the Lord shines. Now, I've learned this. Um, uh, the brighter a light is, the darker the shadow it creates. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Alright, we're talking about adding lights to this platform. Uh, so that there's not shadows on faces on the live stream. And so we're talking about adding some light bars out here that will shine light uh, directly here. The problem is, is that if we put bright lights out there that shine here, we're going to create shadows behind me. So uh, what do you got to do? You have to create a backlight that washes the shadows out. Now watch this. The Lord is so bright that He will not only cover uh, uh, all of those who are in front of Him, but yet the brightness of the Lord will fill in behind and cover every shadow because the Lord is omnipresent. His brightness will take out even the shadows. There will be no shadow of turning when the Lord is the light that shines bright. He will shine over Israel when He comes back and He will shine Forevermore. What a day that's going to be. Number one, we see Israel's enlightenment. Number two, we see Israel's enlargement. Israel's enlargement. Go back with me to Isaiah chapter 60, and we're going to look at verse number 5. The Bible says, Then thou shalt see, and flow together, and thine heart shall fear, or shall reverence, and be enlarged. Because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee, the forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee. So we see their enlargement. Letter A. Letter A, we see their reunion. Their reunion. Israel has gone through some times of great darkness. Incredible darkness. You ever notice that uh, Jewish people have just seemed to be hated throughout history. Um, I, think about, I think about Auschwitz and all of the evils that happened in places like it during World War II under Hitler and the attempt to exterminate the Jews. You know, Hitler's not the only one to try to exterminate the Jews. There has just been this, this demonic... Hatred against God's people. And um, 
as a result, Jews have been spread out all over the world. There's, there's hardly a nation on planet earth where there aren't Jews that live. Um, look with me at verse number 4. Lift up thine eyes round about and see, and they gather themselves together. They come to thee. Thy sons shall come from far, and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. So, uh, several, several months ago when looking at this, I took you to a passage in the book of Joshua where God promised Israel X amount of land to be theirs. And we, we came to the conclusion that it was a little bit bigger. Looking at, looking at what was described, it was a little bit bigger than the state of Texas. A little bit, I think we said it was, and I'm going off the top of my head here, 300,000 square miles. And we said that Connecticut, I think, is something like 9,000 square miles. So 300,000 square miles. Israel today occupies land far smaller than the state of Connecticut. So one day, the nation of Israel will, will occupy a space far larger than anything they've ever had in their entire history. Going back to uh, the rule of Solomon, when they were at their largest, they'll be even larger than that. And as a result, uh, Jews who've been away from their motherland, going back all the way to the dispersion of Assyria and the dispersion of Babylon, will be brought back to that land. What a reunion that will be. Look with me at verse number 8 and 9. The Bible says, Who are these that fly as a cloud? And as the doves to their windows, surely the isles shall wait for me. And the ships of Tarshish first, to bring thy sons from far, their silver and their gold with them, unto the name of the Lord thy God, and to the Holy One of Israel, because He hath glorified thee. There will be a day where these folks, the Gentiles, will, 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 will uh, in great luxury, bring the, Gen, the, Jew, the, rather the Gentiles will bring the Jewish people home to their land and bring them in luxury. Fly them first class, metaphorically, if you will, and bring them back to their motherland. There will be no more dispersion, their reunion. Look with me at Zechariah, Zephaniah, rather, chapter 3. Zechariah and Zephaniah are right next to each other. I think Zephaniah follows Zechariah. If you're not able to find it quickly, I'm just going to read the verses because I want to get through point two before we run out of time here. Look with me at verse number 14. Zephaniah 3, 14. We're going to read down through 20. The Bible says, Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all the heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord hath taken away thy judgments. He hath cast out thine enemy. The King of Israel, even the Lord, is in the midst of thee. Thou shalt not see evil anymore. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear thou not. And to Zion, let not thine hands be slack. The Lord thy God is in the midst of thee. In the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. I will gather them that are sorrowful for the solemn assembly uh, who are of thee, to whom the reproach it was a burden. Behold, at that time I will undo all that afflict thee, and I will save her that uh, uh, halteth and, get, and gather her that was driven out, and I will get them Praise and fame in every land where they have been put to shame at that time will I bring you again even in the time that I gather you. For I will make you a name and a praise among all people to the earth when I turn back your captivity before your eyes, saith the Lord. And so we see there's going to be a glad reunion where the Jewish people will be brought home 
to their land. The affliction will be lifted. The punishment will be over. God's people will be uh, uh, restored, uh, renewed, and brought back to their home country. Letter A, their reunion. Letter B, we see their restoration. Their restoration. Go back and meet Isaiah 60, verse number 5. And we'll review some of this next week. But uh, quickly, look with me at verse number 5. And we'll read down through 7. The Bible says, Then thou shalt see and flow together, and thine heart shall fear and be enlarged, because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee, the force, forces of the Gentiles shall come unto thee, the multitude of camels shall cover thee. What, what sits on camels? Great wealth. Camels were used to haul wealth and things of great, um, uh, great importance long distances. And so the Lord is saying here, all of those things that those who trade expensive goods drape on the back of camels, one day those will be draped on you. Look back with me at verse number 6. The multitude of camels shall cover thee, the dromedaries of Midian and uh, Ephah, all they from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense and they shall show forth the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered together unto thee. The rams of Naboth Eoth shall minister unto thee. They shall come up with acceptance on my altar, and I will glorify uh, the house of my glory. Who are those? Who are these that fly as a cloud and as the droves to their windows? And so, uh, all of these folks who once hated Israel or once were outside of Israel, uh, they're going to look at the light that shines down on Israel. They're going to be drawn to the light. How many of you here have ever seen a fly that just flies around the light in your bedroom? And you think, I want to get rid of that animal flying in my house and occasionally comes and lands on your forehead and then heads back over the light. You know why he lands on my forehead? It's because it's shiny. Amen? Comes and lands on my forehead there. But you know what? Uh, you know how we get rid of flies out of our bedroom? We turn the hallway light on and we turn the bedroom light off. This may be the only thing you get from church tonight. Amen? It's going to help you. All right? And that fly flies out of our bedroom and out to that light. And then we shut the hallway light off and we turn the porch light on and we open the door and that fly flies right out. And you know what? God has made each of us to be drawn to the light. You know, you ever been driving down a two-lane road in the darkness at night and someone comes at you head on and uh, not head on, but, you know, in the other lane coming by you. And uh, I've had to train myself not to look in their headlights, but to look hard at the line on the side of the road so as not to be blinded by that light. Uh, if uh, you were to darken out a room and had just one little hole where light came through, you know what's going to happen is that your eye is immediately drawn to where that light comes in. And one day, this earth is going to be covered in darkness and King Jesus is going to come back at the end of the tribulation. He's going to defeat the enemies of the world. We're going to look at that in great detail next week in our Bible study. He's going to set up and He's going to shine bright from Jerusalem. And Israel will radiate from the brightness of the Lord and all the Gentile nations will come and bring their goods to worship the Lord and His people there in Israel. Oh, what a day that will be when Jesus rules and reigns again after that thousand year reign. Uh, Jesus will do away with this earth. It will burn up in a fervent heat. A new heaven and a new earth will descend and there will be no more night. Oh, what a day that's going to be when we get to heaven. Let's just look at one more verse here and then we'll wrap it up for tonight. Uh, look with me at verse 10 and 11. The Bible says, And the sons of strangers shall build up thy walls. 
And their kings shall minister unto thee, for in my wrath I smote thee, but in my favor have I had mercy on thee. Therefore the gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day nor night, that men shall bring unto thee the forces of the Gentile, and that their kings may be brought. So uh, we know that uh, Assyria came and broke down the walls of Israel, and Babylon came and broke down the walls of Jerusalem and blew up the temple, and then they rebuilt the temple, and what happened? Rome came in and blew up their second temple and tore that down stone by stone, and one day, instead of Gentiles coming in and destroying Israel, Gentiles are going to come in, their masons are going to rebuild the city and going to bring gifts into their gates to King Jesus as He rules from David's throne. So we see the day is coming of restoration. Of restoration. You say, well, where will we be in all this? And I will gladly say to you that we will be, uh, uh, if you're saved today, you will be raptured up in the rapture and you will be part of those who help serve the Lord God during the millennial reign with a glorified body. But uh, no, not enough time to get all into all that right now. What's the takeaway from tonight? The takeaway from tonight is very simple. John tells us this in his epistle. He says that uh, we are to walk in the light as He is light. And we're not to walk in darkness. In fact, if we say we love our brother but hate him, we lie and do not the truth. We walk in darkness, not the light. And so we need to keep our hearts pure toward God and toward others, and we need to walk in the light as He is the light. We live in a time right now of darkness. It's dark outside right now. Sometimes we have darkness in our heart. But but Jesus is light, and may we walk with Him each and every day. Amen? Let's stand together, and we'll pray and dismiss the Bible study tonight. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you'll dive into Isaiah 60 on your own and study it, and we'll be looking at the remainder of the chapter next week. All right?